0: Ladies and gentlemen, back again with another Monday episode. My voice is sounding and I do feel much better than the last episode Than on Friday with Nari.
1: Oh, man, I'm feeling good about this.
0: Again, he's back with me again on the on the podcast as ever, as always. Nari, introduce yourself as you always do.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back in live and full effect. You know what I'm saying? We're here, we're here, we're here. Let's get into this. Don't know what it is. If you guys haven't already, make sure to subscribe, to download, to follow
0: on whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast, to listen to the Stephen Talker podcast. I promise you, you won't regret it. Make sure to tell me, yes, me, the host, how you feel about the podcast and make sure to share with everyone that you know as well. That would be massively, massively, massively appreciated. But as always, we don't waste any time on the Stephen Talker podcast. We get straight into the nitty gritty, straight into the meat and potatoes, into the porridge, into the thick of things. Whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. we get into it. So, when we return, we'll get straight into the biggest match, arguably, in European club is Indian football, the Champions League, and the Champions League final, to be more specific, between Real Madrid and... Mm-hmm. And now, Nari, you know what, normally, as me who does all the introduction of the of the, show, of the game and what happened, right? you take over and you tell me from your perspective, what you saw in the Champions League final,
1: and I'll kind of, you know overlap once you're finished got you got you got you all right check this out check this out check this out bullshit that's what i saw that's what i saw primarily listen man it all started when they didn't want to let the the liverpool fans into into the stadium that already in of itself was a red flag then the fact that the game was postponed almost an hour 35 minutes 35 minutes i've never heard of that it's never happened before.
0: But in France, it's very normal. But I just want to give you some context and okay. you guys listening as well. Okay. There's been many situations with Dimitri Payet who plays for Marseille. Mm-hmm. He's gotten bottles thrown to his head from fans in the stadium. Yeah, but that's different. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. giving you some sort of like a clear picture. In other stadiums, in other games this season, Ligue 1 is the only league this season, I think, has had like at least five or six different mm-hmm. game suspensions for reasons similar to what you're explaining right now. So I'm telling you that in Ligue 1, and, and in France more specifically, this is very common, that there's a lot of you know tear gas being thrown. and, and Just fans politics. Being, there's something more, more like, politics. Walking yeah. into a stadium in France is, is like is like going into a war zone back in the 19 or early, early whatever. It's not yeah. the same as it is going into a stadium in England, and Italy, Spain, Germany. It's not the same. France is a different animal. Okay. Many games have been postponed for for violence and for uh, you know just outlandish reasons.
1: Okay, fair enough. That's true. That's true. But with that being said, it was still bizarre, and um, I really felt for the the Liverpool fans because obviously the agenda every for the most part everybody wanted um. Real Madrid to win. Hala Everybody wanted Real Madrid to win. There were a few Liverpool fans um, amongst me, you know, but that's all good. And getting into the gameplay now, the gameplay, it was a very normal and, and, and predictable Real Madrid performance in the sense that they didn't really do anything, anything spectacular. Second half, they turned it up, um, especially after scoring. But the first half, it was more so Liverpool that was, you know, the force to be reckoned with. They had a couple of, um, a few chances. Nothing really stand, standing out though. And, um, yeah, Courtois was was a hero, a hero for Madrid. I'll say that much. Yeah, this guy was
0: he really was he, uh, yeah he, had he his, put on every cape of any hero you can imagine captain underpants superman everything. it don't matter he got it covered bro
1: everything this guy was prepared man he had his game boots fast and tight and he was locked in
0: you know he's injured now too like the belgium squad had just got had just got called up recently as in, as of today yeah and he won't be joining them for this like this little tournament whatever this little preseason stuff they're doing mm. or pre-workout thing they're doing yeah because he injured his adductor which is like a very common injury i forget where in the body that is yeah don't quiz me on that i think it's in your hips i think it is yeah but he's out for six weeks i said as what what they said according to the madrid doctors and madrid um You know, insiders basically. So the story that after this game, he was like he was out of it. Like he was feeling the effects of that Champions League final, and maybe he's been playing with an injury. Like Zlatan has, maybe for the last six months or so. So
1: it's it's quite possible. I mean, he did he did a lot. So you know, shout out to him, man. Shout out to. Is that one of the
0: greatest goalkeeping performances you've ever seen? Because for me, shut up, bro. Stop the cap. No, for me it
1: has to nah, be. No, man. It wasn't. Even the that...
0: significance, I've never seen a keeper be that good in the Champions League final ever in a while. He was least... making
1: good saves. No, 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 like he, no, no, no. he, he was
0: nine saves, nine, nine saves. Liverpool had 20, 24 shots, nine saves from people courtois. And at least four of those should have been goals. Four. Four of those should have gone in.
1: I'm not gonna get caught up in the hype. I won't say that. I'm just that, telling you, that's but... for me,
0: in my opinion, that's yeah. one of the best I've ever seen.
1: Nah, man, it was a good performance. That that
0: goes without saying. The chance that but... Salah had, where he took a beautiful touch to set up his face. I know, on his, I know
1: it was on his weaker, right? Yeah. But but <clears> that that could have gone PMS, in though. That, could that have gone. should have
0: been the moment. That should have been the goal for Salah. That should have been the dagger. You know, at least yeah. make an equal, and at least make Liverpool get that momentum. In my opinion, the game was fairly, fairly predictable because yeah. Madrid wanted to go into halftime at nil which which is exactly what happened. And once that happened for them, I always knew Madrid were going to win. As soon as I said, as soon as it stayed nil-nil, I said, okay, it's Madrid's game to lose. All right, you mean to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madrid's game to lose in meaning that like. They have the onus. Like, they should be winning this now.
1: Oh, okay. Given in that, that, in that sense, sense. Yeah, me the sense. I have to give Madrid own. respect, too, because they actually scored two goals in this game. Liverpool didn't even score one. And I think the first goal that was ruled out for the outside, only, it was the call, yes. in the end. Only,
0: low, only lower Yeah, only that
1: was illegitimate. Side. That was that was fraudulent. And I was surprised that it was against Madrid at that. It was kind of gave me hope that, okay, maybe this game could be uh, balanced or fair. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess it still was fair. Anyway, kudos to to all the Madrid fans, man. Respect to you guys. I know you guys are happy right now, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. It's good, it's good. The game was really boring, but I mean... We have to talk about the goal, at least. Talking about the goal now? Yeah. All right. Do you want to break that down? Well, I
0: just want to say that the build-up to this goal already told me that Madrid were going to score. I, I had already known prior to the goal happening that the way that they shaped up the move, I said they're going to have a chance now. I can just smell it. I can just feel it. You watch so many games as much as I've watched, you know... Yeah. So the build-up ahead with Carvajal, who, by the way, had an excellent game. He pocketed Luis Diaz like there's no tomorrow. Diaz was in the yeah. back of the back of the back of the back of the pocket, bro. Yeah, he, he was couldn't you know he, he bought snapbacks back back yep. to that old days, you know, 2014. He was back in that age, back in that period. He was not in 2022. He was Diaz on the couldn't
1: do anything, man. Just before I, I cut you off any further, but he really, yeah, he had his number. He had his number that game. And I think it, it really just had to do with, I don't think anybody's ever defended Diaz that aggressively. Yes, Exactly. So he he was bullying him the whole game and fairly too. No fouls from in, in my opinion, but he bullied Diaz and he he didn't know what to do. Um, it's unfortunate because they definitely needed him in, in that on that day, Liverpool. So, True. but yeah, carry on with the the breakdown of that goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, so it comes on the right side of Madrid's attack, and when Madrid play, they typically like they use Valverde as like an auxiliary white right, right winger, right right midfielder, kind of like a, a all. All-action player, can play in the midfield, plays at the right back, does everything. And when he was able to get in behind uh, Andy Robertson, I mean, initially with some really good combination play with Carvajal, who I said, like I said, is was one of Madrid's best players on the day. He finds it to pass down the right wing to uh, to Valverde, who's who whips in a typical Trent-like cross. You know, Trent loves putting those early crosses at the back post, at the back stick to find Mane. Mm-hmm. Valverde did something very similar to find uh, Nari's Brazilian brethren. Brazil, Brazil. Brazil. Vinicius Jr. with a really good finish, my dad. His timing of the run, I thought, was exceptional because had he gone a bit earlier, he would have been outside and maybe he would have missed the ball. Had he gone a bit later, I think Trent maybe would have snuffed it out. But on to Trent Alexander-Arnold, Nari. Mm-hmm. I am want to give him some praise for his excellent defending. <clears throat> Top class defending from a defender that I've heard, by the way, is the next Dani Alves, and is going to become a generational right back simply after the last four years of what he's done in, in, in the world of football. <laughs>
1: I can't I just cannot take the hype in the football world. Matter is just so much hype in the world now. Like nobody knows shit anymore. People just speak. It's so annoying. Like just because, because they're allowed to, that's why. Cuz you're allowed to. There's so and there's so many different platforms for you to speak. People should, forums. That's a, that's a that's a politically correct. Yeah, like many forum, forums. Many forums. Public everybody forums. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody feels like their opinion is it matters. There's so many freaking I mean, we are in a podcast, but yeah. No but we matter though <laughs> I no we matter we're different we're different we matter we matter we matter I'm different i am different. different yeah yeah I'm let me not be different. so pessimistic about it mm. uh and actually just you know speak the facts Trent Alexander Arnold that's how you say his name yeah Trent just Trent he's okay he's good he's he, he's he's a good player like if we're gonna go out of ten I'm giving him a solid six like what
0: yeah. Wow, wow. that's the, that's why I told you this This is the place, ladies and gentlemen This podcast is the place for con- controversial takes like that Because there's no way in earth that Trent
1: is a 6 out of 10 What? 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 Yo, that one there was a violation Personally, I wouldn't have to a, He's Someone a 6 Alright, fine, 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 fine He's Trent. at minimum p- 7.5
0: 7.
1: No, no higher than 7 No he's a No 7. higher 5. than a 7 Strong 7. I'm not budging on 7 I'm Fair. not budging Six was just because this guy cheesed me with that goal. But anyway, coming back to the goal again, man. We're all over the place because for me, it just was an annoying final. And I want Liverpool to win, if you guys can't already tell.
0: You'll never yeah. walk alone. It's no, all they good. Walk alone that night again. Yeah, man. India, in peace
1: they in did. France. They did. They did. They did. They did. But check this out. Where? Why didn't Trent track his man? Which been, he never does. Does anyone ever realize that? I literally put a
0: tweet Talk out about saying about this. It. Trent, for ages now, not even just this season, I'm talking about even when he first came to the came to the game, came to the, the first 11 with Liverpool. Uh-huh. And like I said, I understand the Liverpool system is catered to let Trent do what he wants. Like, I kind of have a, a luxury defender, which is a modern way of... Oh, yeah, I want
1: to speak to it, yeah. Go ahead. You know what I mean? You have a luxury mm-hmm. player
0: who's able to do what he wants going forward and not really worry about defensive... Uh, responsibilities and, and and tasks of covering the other uh, opposing winger or opposing attackers. Yeah. And it's worked for Liverpool most games because they have people like like Henderson, like Fabinho, that cover that, that uh, right back space when Trent goes forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Against a team like Madrid, however, they kind of counteracted that by playing a system that is like a foil, like had a 4 3 3, but wasn't really a 4 3 3. Because, like I said, Valverde is not actually a right winger. He's just doing a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So the team had to shift. And accommodate Valverde's non-position, which meant Trent actually had to play as a real right-back. Because Vinicius, on the opposite side, is really stretching the field. Like, he's playing as like a son on on Tottenham. On Spurs, yeah. Exactly, for example.
1: No, this is true. So, with the same thing
0: with Trent now. The reason why you keep seeing him getting caught out. Because when teams clock this and they figure out that Trent's weakness is obviously playing the defense. And having to cover his man and and being able to track his runner. Which he rarely does. Because it happened again in the 2-2 draw between Manchester City and Liverpool. By the way, you guys should go check out that episode. I spoke about this at length. You know, I mean, all the episodes I go into detail about the defensive um, side of the game. I think it's very underrated. But anyways, Trenton, in, in this instance, did the same thing where he should have realized that as as Speed, you know, Speed literally put a whole like little dissection of the, of the goal. And I agree with him. You literally saw him before he reached the box and you just chose to ignore him, which is exactly what happened. And if he had more of that defensive acumen, which I've been telling people he does not have. I said it here. I have a tweet here.
1: So how are you going to say he's a 7.5, bro? I'm, I'm going to say it.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll explain to, to you. I'll answer that question by away. way. Because some players, they give you enough going forward that their defensive liabilities can be shrugged to the side. Because Trent is Liverpool's most creative player. All the stats pool. He has the most assists in the Premier League. or second most assists. He has uh, you know, bro, the, the most creative you know, actions. You know all of that who stuff. Trent
1: is? Trent is the Westbrook of Liverpool, bro. Wow.
0: That one there is... Um, violation no nah, man because i really think i about personally it. i wouldn't have it bro. i won't lie i wouldn't nah, have it
1: man he's he's whatever bro. i grew
0: up in Streatham, bro now that's a that's a dangerous dangerous no nah,
1: he's whatever he's whatever man he's whatever like i'm not gonna sit here and say that he's a bad player by no, any stretch on. of the imagination but he's not nearly not nearly as good as the credit that he's being given
0: well i said this don't get it twisted trent is a brilliant brilliant player on the ball however his off the ball work needs improvement and has for some time Hence why I think Reese James is the better player overall because he plays both of the both sides of the ball better as a better player
1: yeah 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 i I agree with that entirely and I want to speak to Trent again and we were talking about this off air but you can tell that he's very much caught up in his persona and in and in his person personal appeal let's put it that way and I'm being polite about it basically saying very- very polite.
0: extremely
1: yeah. polite, being polite about it. Basically, the fact that you know there could be people that deem him to look good, and he is obviously aware of this, and he's on the field, you know, strutting like it's a like it's a runway show. He did; it's extremely and, nice. he looks,
0: yeah. looking like Dominic Calvillo here with his with his modeling style, yeah, bop, like, man, gait and, and like appeal to the fans. It was you know it, taking a free kick with his with his twi- his twist and his dreads in his face, like
1: no nah, man, and he's trying to walk cute, and you know when he's on the, the throw in, he like. He's licking his lips I and hate, stuff like oh, that. It's like, bro, we see you, man. Like, yeah, we see you, bro. We see you, bro. I yeah, can't you're stand. On the camera, you see, like, these we, are the small we get things it.
0: about footballers that I don't like, especially the new age ones where they they follow too much into this. What the camera attention will give them, what the what the social media clicks and comments
1: and likes actually will give them. Just like how the transfer market has been broken by this same individual I, I blame a lot of this to, on ney, this ney. yeah man yeah. it has a lot to do with Neymar, Neymar again junior. Neymar really revolutionized the game of, of football you know yeah, he's like the Steph Curry in his own way I was way. Just about to say the yeah. same way as Steph Curry changed the game of basketball Neymar changed the game of football because now you can it's more normal it's normal for you to be a celebrity and a football player Like, before, you were a football player that turned celebrity because of your skill. Like, Ronaldinho was worldwide known, not because he looked good, and not at all. He was just an amazing player and also an amazing person. Same thing for Ronaldo Lazario. Same thing. um, I guess you could say, actually, Cristiano Ronaldo could be the first. But he is a little different. It's a little different. It's a little he different. he started
0: out not being a celebrity. And then when he realized he was good and people rated him that way, yeah. he, he assumed that position. As opposed to always... I think Trent, in my opinion, has always thought he was one, given where he's playing at Liverpool and Klopp's team. Yeah. And that's success I think though, prior to him joining, them.
1: I think it just... Neymar has a better reach to, to, to the, a broader audience than Ronaldo does. Who? Sierra? Uh, C- ne- 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 yeah, yeah. Than then Ronaldo. Sierra yeah, C- C- Ronaldo. Cristiano. Because... That's a whole other argument. For, we're not even trying to go there. I'm not even trying to go there right now. But that's a whole other argument. But basically, Trent, man, you need to focus on the game. You need to focus on the game and you need to start tracking your man. Because that goal was entirely his fault. I hope Clapp hit him in the head. Guy said Clap,
0: bro. I love that. I, I love hope, the violation. Yeah. That's excellent. Nadia.
1: Yeah. I hope I hope Clapp clapped the guy. I hope Clapp clapped him, bro. That's what it is. Quotable quote. I hope Clapp clapped him.
0: Well, I just want to add really quickly that I think Sadio Mane in the first half had a really good game. I thought that he could have scored a goal. It had it not been for Courtois' heroic saves and just brilliant ability to keep the ball out of Madrid's net. And had that go- had that goal gone in, I think the game would have been in easily in Liverpool's favor. Cause I said, whoever scores first will win. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if had Madrid scored first, they would be the team to go on. I said, at the meantime, Madrid don't give up. They don't give up leads. It's just something they don't do. They're good at, re- at recovering from, in you know, losing, but they're not a team that gives away, lo- lo- lose. English. They're not a team that that when they're ahead, they they end up conceding the lead and going behind or simply yeah. drawing the match. And I feel like with this game, it showed me because Madrid have not beaten PSG, Chelsea, City, and Liverpool on in the same Champions League run, which in my opinion is the most impressive run I've seen in a while because that's like three or four of the best teams currently playing in terms of you know investment in terms of recent success, manager, all of those things. So for, the, for them to do what they did, although in my opinion, there's a bit of fraudulence connected to this whole win. We'll get into that in a separate episode. Because Nari did speak about it and he continues to be like the chairman or the president of this club of like, you know, football is deep than you know what you think it is.
1: And 1,000%, 1,000%, man. But
0: this win for me kind of told me that, you know, I mean, I'm happy Madrid won because I know as a Chelsea fan, you know, I couldn't take the the uh, the drama and the 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 nonsense chatter I would have heard from all Liverpool fans alive, which feels like, you know, they grow more and more by the day just simply because people love this club, even if you're not a football fan. And, um, I mean, overall, I thought, you know, the game was quite, he was quite stale, didn't have any more real moments of, of excitement, barring the goal. And especially towards the latter stage of the second half, we all knew the game was going to end one nothing. Nari said it to me like the 70th minute, was oh, even. the game's over now, it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over.
1: No, I knew. I knew. You could just see that they were disheartened, Liverpool, after they had conceded. Like, it's. I don't know why they threw in the towel so soon, but I, it's like they were intimidated. I feel like just the, the presence and the prowess of, of Madrid and, and I think the supporters really got the best of them.
0: stadium was white
1: yeah it was all all madrid fans and like i said from the just before the game started the fact that you can't even get the supporters for both sides in and specifically talking about liverpool fans weren't able to get into the into the game it just says a lot you know what i mean that's a big part of you know the aura the energy not to mention the, the delays I and i just throughout the whole tournament and on that given day everything was in the favor of madrid yes not, not taking anything away from this win Because they won the game They won the Champions League But mm-hmm. everything was in their favor Every single thing was was swaying in Madrid's way 100% so. I agree with that But mm-hmm. well, when we come back We'll talk about the
0: championship playoff final Between Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield As well as the Ballon d'Or potential contenders And also the real question for this episode Which I'll be asking Nari How do you recover from a finals loss? <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, on to the second part of this episode, which is about the championship final between Huddersfield Town and Nottingham Forest. And, you know, normally I don't really care about either of these teams, but because the Premier League is becoming even more and more, you know, exciting and it's having more of these new clubs or teams that used to be in the Premier League leave and then come back in, and I know Nara likes Norwich, for example, and Norwich will be in the championship next season trying to do the same thing that you know, that Nottingham Forest did in this game. I just want to say that to me, the championship is arguably the purest form of football because there's there's a lot less media hype and attention on this league. It's much more about guys just playing their football, trying to get their money, trying to get to the next level and work up to the bigger clubs. I feel like that stage in football, especially nowadays, is where you get the most true and authentic version of what football is meant to be. That's how I see it. So when I watch finals like this, it gave me that feeling like this game is really the raw, real, you know, like, Onto the bone reason why football is what it was and what it should be, in my opinion. what Nari's has also said many times himself. But this game was fairly eventful. And, I mean, it could have been either or. It could have gone either way. And, I'll Nari, I mean, I'll mention the goal really quickly. And I'll let you take over on the penalty decisions, Nari. But... An uh, own goal from arguably Huddersfield Town's best player, a player who's going to be sniffer on from every big club in in the Premier League next season. Levi Caldwell, you know, centre back on loan from Chelsea. Chelsea might want to bring him in and keep him as a permanent player in their starting eleven, potentially or just simply in the squad. We'll see. But he conceded an own goal, which I mean, it's unfortunate. He did. Often when I watch own goals, I say to myself, was this you being stupid or was this was this you trying to actually defend? Those are the two categories, and I can tell in the situation he was actually trying to defend. Unfortunately, he looked extremely awkward and him hitting it off his knee and going in. And had he been a bit more, you know, I guess he had he redirected or re I guess shifted his body or his his movement when the ball came towards him, the ball obviously wouldn't have gone in. But these are again footballs about by margins. You can't always control these things. That was the only goal of the game and Nottingham Forest are now in the Premier League. Nari, right, to the penalty decisions which could have made Huddersfield Town go into the Premier League themselves.
1: Yeah, we were speaking about this one off air, guys. And um, for anybody that didn't see this game, essentially what had happened was it—it it was two penalties that weren't given, or was it one? I mean, there was
0: two, but I only really saw one. I think another one was, was a potential handball, which could have been <coughs> could have been could have been given in favor of Huddersfield Town as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, the real one is the one you're going to get to now with I forget his name, but um, one of the, the defenders. Toffalo, Harry Toffalo, that's the name. He got booked in the 73rd minute for a simulation. Now you can explain it.
1: Yeah, so we we're talking about this off air. And um, in short, I just feel as though there needs to be a, a harsher penalization for players that choose to dive. Because you know, obviously a penalty makes or breaks a game. And once again, obviously when when converted. But it's it's so easy to win these penalties and to change the look of a game, the outlook of a game from one second to, to a next. And you can do this by something completely fraudulent, like dropping to the floor in the box again, in, in that one specific area. So we're having a debate. Let me let us know what you think about this. But in my eyes, I think the penalization for diving should be a red card in the box. If you dive outside on the field, yellow card like any other day. But in the box, if you are to dive, I think you should be sent off. Because wow. if, with the way that the game is, is, is evolving and the fact that penalties are given... Like, I think it's a penalty every game now, it looks like. Almost yeah. every, almost yeah. every game. Or at and, least a potential shout to give a penalty. And that wasn't always the case. Yeah. It used to be a rarity to get a penalty. It used sure. to be, like, it, I don't even know the, the stat like that, but I'm going to go off top. Let's say it was, like, 25%. One yeah. in every four games, you see a penalty. Yeah. Now we're looking at about three out of every four. 75%. 75%. And that's still low, in, in my opinion, actually. So, wow. I think that there needs to be a harsher penalization once again. Players should be red-carded, in my opinion, for diving in the box and in the box alone. You shouldn't be diving at all, but if you have to dive anywhere else on the pitch, just reiterating myself, yellow card is sufficient. But it's it's come to a point where it's ridiculous. And in this case, it actually was a penalty, in, in my opinion. But because he dove, it was then overturned. And then uh, he was carded for simulation, which I think was, was just. Although, once again, based on my argument, could have been and maybe should have been a red card. But that's not instated yet or ever will be. But what do you think about that? I think it's a good point. I mean, I don't
0: know if I would if I would go go to the extent of sending a player off, like you said, but I think your logic and your your reasoning behind why I think a player should be more harshly punished for diving, given how much of the consequence it can be when you do actually concede the penalty, mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, I think a middle ground will need to would need to be found, like whether that's changing and improving how penalties are given, which they used to have, as you mentioned before. But I think as time has gone on. I mean, this is my opinion. I feel like because they want football to be more entertaining and more eye-catching and more, you know, attention-grabbing, they want to add penalties to games more because that gives more controversy and more moments of yeah. excitement and drama. Yeah. Before football was simply just pure about what it was. Like if it ended nil-nil, it ended nil-nil. Now most games, especially this Premier League season, I think can count maybe on my two hands how many games have ended nil-nil, which is uncommon because yeah, me who someone like myself who's watched many Premier League matches in football in general, I can tell you that it's not normal that a season ends with like 10 games being done. No, 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 those are normally a very somewhat common scoreline but with penalties we see a lot of one nothing results now because of these penalties happening often and whether they should be given or not is a separate matter but just saying that they put them in the game especially with BAR put them in the game to kind of give more excitement more impetus and more reasoning to watch it.
1: I, I get that and I won't speak too, too much to this because this is also a deeper topic um, but I think it just has to do with once again the attention span of, of humans Is so short and there's no longer the time when you can watch a game, there'd be no goals for 70 minutes and and you're happy and it can still be a tantalizing game. Because there are plenty of games that way. When you traditionally watch ball and anybody, your parents or whoever, anybody who used to watch ball from, you know, when it was quote unquote normal. You would watch a game and there's no, there's nothing going on. They're just passing, good movement, a couple chances, and you're still entertained. You're not you're not questioning anything. You're not upset. But I think that with every sport and with any type of business now, it's about appealing to the new audiences, to the new masses, to the new buyers, as opposed to sticking with the original people and um, the core fan base because they're going to be there already. And it's about getting the bread up after the whole world did what the world did. Mm. I think it's all interconnected, you know. I hate to sound like that guy, but uh, it just it's unfortunate, man. The game is just being watered down before our eyes every year. So now, on to the next
0: topic I want to discuss. And I want to ask you really quickly, now because obviously after the Champions League final, if Liverpool had won that, maybe you would say, Mo Salah for Ballon d'Or. Mo Salah for Ballon d'Or. Sadio Mane for Ballon d'Or. Mm. Virgil van
1: Dijk for Ballon d'Or also fraudulent yeah I mean he had a shocking game but anyways yeah.
0: I need to ask you now because Madrid didn't win the Champions League final yeah. I was saying this to uh to my step who he also watches football a lot himself and I was saying to him I think was the one that deserves to win the Ballon d'Or now, for sure he's had the best individual season he's ever had in his career yeah. and he's been a stand-up performer yeah. you know, across all leagues and all major, major European football that we watch yeah. do you disagree with that do you have your own contender do you think I mean, I don't think they're asking this question because I think the Ballon d'Or is already a rigged uh, trophy as it is, mm-hmm. and they create new ones like they did for Mbappe last year just because they want more. Like I said, like you said, more hype around you know winning these things is like the Grammys of, uh, of soccer or of football. Yeah. But do you think Benzema is a worthy winner of this uh, of this award this year? I, I do. He has
1: to be. I really do. I have no no rebuttal or nothing to refute here. I like Benzema a lot as a player. I think he's very humble he's been around for a long time a putting long time. putting in 110% performances i think every time he steps onto the pitch I, don't, I never see him just chill so i i definitely think that he deserves it and it's time but like you had said uh and preface with what what do these trophies even mean anymore what do these trophies even mean is i'm not over lewandowski still being robbed you know most recently so that was nonsense yeah
0: but i just want to add really quickly i think <coughs> I think given Benzema's kind of his like his arc, you know, his, his, could be his villain arc, could be his hero arc, whatever it is. But I think since Ronaldo has left, he realized that he needs to be that guy. And then slowly but surely, he kind of inched his way to becoming that guy. I think his first season without Ronaldo, he struggled a little bit. was trying to figure out, you know, what does it mean to be Madrid's number one? Then Ramos left and he also, you know, the pressure became even more on his shoulders. And then he just continued to, to get better and better and better and better and better. And I mean, he's always been a very good player, but I think he's been able to realize that he can be the corner piece, kind of cornerstone of the club, and make sure he's always involved in nearly every goal that they score. As he was for the goal that uh, Vinicius Jr. scored, shows you just how well. I mean, I was watching one moment in the game where Vinicius Jr. and Benzema had a really, really glorious passage of possession where they're doing ev- absolutely everything. I was really impressed with how well they were able to combine, and find each other, and just shows you that no matter if a new generation comes in, Benzema is still going to be that guy. And he might have had Zlatan, you know, a longevity in him. And if he does, then he's going to be at Madrid for a long time. And if anything, a statue might be built for this guy. I'm not even lying. He's definitely been one of Madrid's most influential players at a time that they were. Nobody expected him to win the Champions League. And he literally led them in every game. Hat-trick against PSG. Two goals against Chelsea with the headers. He spoke a ball against Mendy. By the way, you guys should listen to that as well. Nari completely slated Mendy. Fraudulent. And then beating uh, Manchester City the way they did with the Prince of the Champions League, Rodrigo, and scoring twice in the Lydia Minute and winning them th- that game as well as <coughs> in the second leg. So he was really, really impressive the way he managed to do that. So I think he definitely deserves the Ballon d'Or shout and nobody else. I know people will say Salah, people might say, "Hi, I'm Harry Bain. or maybe say, you know, "Human Son" or whatever it may be, depending on how they perform at the World Cup, which I hope doesn't have any, you know, any um, bearings on the winner of this trophy. But whatever it is, what it is, but um. The final thing I want to discuss on this episode, and I want to ask you this, Nari, is when you're a player and you lose a final, whether that's on penalties, whether that's in normal time, or even if the final doesn't really mean too much to you, just a basic final. What talk me through the process of what you would do and what you think one should do to kinda of get over the loss and realize that you can improve from this despite losing.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Thank you guys for listening. This, is <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, um, what I would say to that is, you just have to go again. We move. We go again. You can't change the past. Once this happened, it's happened. But I think it's very important to acknowledge, point out, acknowledge your mistakes, and to correct them. That three-step process. Never go out, go out of a final, whatever, any loss for that matter. And just take it as a loss and be upset about it and just be like, okay, tomorrow I'll forget about it. No, don't forget about it. Learn from it. Learn from your experiences so they don't become mistakes. That's that's what it's about. So for Trent, stop licking your lips and look at the tape and realize that you haven't been tracking your man for a time. Since twenty sixteen. Yep. And it's time to start tracking your man. And believe me, he can he can definitely be one of the best players in the world. Definitely. But will he? It's up to him. I, if he just gets some lip chat, maybe he'll be he'll be good. True. You know what I mean. But yeah, that that's that's really all that it comes down to. You know, everybody loses, everybody wins, everybody loses. Yo, it's just about bouncing back, man. Like if you're gonna be heartbroken, oh, we were so close, we didn't get it. That okay? Well, why didn't you get it? What could you have done better? And then you go into whatever preseason matches, next season, whatever it is, and and you work upon those things. I think this Liverpool team next season is going to be a force to be reckoned with. They could win the Prem.
0: I this. won't disagree with that. I'm done, I'm done making terrible predictions. Yeah. I won't disagree with that. I don't I, know if that's entirely true. I don't I know if it's disagree. true, but I just think no, after... I don't know, no, but yeah. if, if anyone's likely to win, it's them. I don't, yeah. I don't see anyone stopping Erling Haaland at Manchester City or Julian Alvarez at Manchester that's City.
1: That's true, that's true. But that's I agree true, with
0: that. There, there is one team to challenge them again next season for another for a fourth or fifth yeah. time in a row. I would definitely pack Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. Even though I had no interest in supporting this club or liking them, and I was actually happy to watch them lose because I feel like some teams in football, like Chelsea, if I have to be honest, they get too complacent and a bit too caught up in their hype and their brand and their name. Liverpool do a bit less. They're a bit more real, a bit more like likeable in terms of the way that they they run and the way that they, you know, the, the real success that they brought up from earlier in you know in football history Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but even then I'm not a fan of Jurgen Klopp you guys know this he've heard me say this many times I think he's an excellent manager but his demeanor is for me is very very um not necessarily annoying but it just turns me away like I'm I'm happy he's not my coach Uh, I think he's a sore loser people say he's an excellent loser I don't think he is if you've heard any Klopp post-match interviews when he loses even a Premier League game let alone a Champions League final he's not that guy Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Liverpool in my opinion given how I mean, they will definitely bounce back. Klopp talks about mentality monsters, and to your point, I think that it's important that you realize that, you know, this loss isn't permanent, and you can get back to the stage again and win the next time, as long as you improve your mistakes from the previous, you know, the previous time you played. But the biggest thing for me is, I guess my advice to this would be is that you realize that when you're playing football that you're not going to be able to win every game. I think some players think that we're going to have a team where it's 100% success rate, 100% ball possession, 100% chances created, 100% shots on target that's not feasible. That's not realistic. Yeah. yeah. And because of how football's evolved, we've reached that point where we expect that to happen. Where you're gonna be able to create a team that's literally like the Arsenal back in <coughs> back in two thousand two or three, whenever it was, early two thousands, with that invincible team, where they're able to go a whole season without losing a single game. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they drew twelve matches, but they're still extremely impressive, to say the least. But my point is is that Liverpool need to find a way to to use this like and use this use this to fuel them. They've now lost. What's it? Klopp's now lost uh, four. Like one out of the last four Champions League finals, which is uh, or sorry, he lost his last lost in, with Dortmund. He lost twice with Liverpool, and now again, or like the second time now with Liverpool in the Champions League final. Really, really poor from him in that sense. But I mean, you can't win every, you can't win everything. And one thing we need to remember is that Liverpool didn't even score a goal in the two finals they played against Chelsea in the EFL Cup and the FA Cup final. They didn't score a single goal in 120 minutes in both matches. So just shows you they need to be a bit more. You know, um, powerful, a bit more ruthless in in those final stages in the finals of games or of competitions.
1: Agreed. It just it didn't seem to me that they they seemed like they were on their heels in this game. Like it didn't seem. They look worried to me. They look they, they look. They looked a little worried, although they had a great start. They did the beginning of the of the first half. They were dominant. They were pushing the pace. They As I had expected them to be. Yeah, they were playing at their speed, but it just. But also, you know, kudos to, to Madrid because they had an answer. They had, they, had, they knew what they're they're facing and they had an answer. And Madrid has a style of play that is very very nice. Madrid play exactly like how a FIFA player plays, like somebody that's managing an ultimate team, for example. In the sense that when you get into those higher rankings in FIFA, this is all the FIFA players. If you don't play FIFA, just bear with me, but you understand what I'm talking about if you play. When you get into the into the higher divs. You realize that yo, you can win the win or lose the game at any second, and more often than not, you're gonna lose the game at any second, cause the person on the other side, whoever it is, somebody in in Hong Kong, whatever, <laughs> they're gonna do some next thing at at a weird moment, a weird play, and it's gonna work, and that's Madrid to a T. They were playing as though they were they were enjoying being bopped around. They're being bopped around, playing playing, you know, split passes through them, um just scraping things together, but they're comfortable playing like this. And it's very—it's a very unassuming way to play because as an opposition, you're feeling that you're on top, but in reality, you're on level playing ground, if not below. Yeah, I'm playing into their favor, which I think is what Liverpool did. And, that and that's exactly happen. what they did because that's exactly what happened in the beginning of the second yeah. when they had conceded. Exactly. So, yeah, they they went out with the same game plan of high press, high press, high press, and then Madrid, Madrid were able to play through that one time ex- uh, excellently. And then, um, you know, convert. Also wanted to speak to that goal again, but we didn't say this earlier. The last thing I'll say is, I don't know if that was a pass. That's also what it's... Uh, no, no, definitely it was.
0: In my opinion, he, it he was. He looked like he shot that. No, no, I think he knew what he was doing with that. That looked like a whip ball. Like he was ready to swing that. There's no way you score from that angle. You're not. It's not... Uh, it's I not, know,
1: but the technique, you never pass like that. You never pass like that. Right you know enough. somebody who passed like that?
0: Well, yeah, Trent. I don't see Trent pass like that. Reese James, that's a perfect
1: example of some pass like that. Yes, I'll show you. I don't know, guys. You guys, if you guys not talking about, life. if you guys saw it or if you don't remember, just to you know to jog your memory, he could allegedly pass the ball with the with the top of his laces. I haven't. I haven't seen that. I know I wouldn't pass it like that. But and you're I not mean, a professional footballer. Bro, shut up. I could definitely be a professional footballer. None player. about whether you could or could not. You're yeah. not like you weren't.
0: You're not Valverde. You weren't. In that so what? I need to get
1: a sign for it. I just need to sign a paper for it to be real.
0: No, you need to play for Los Blancos in the Champions League final against one of the biggest teams ever created in Liverpool's history and score a hold goal on. that he did hold- to your Brazilian boy, who you're not giving any credit to by the way, Vinicius Junior, who had 20
1: 20 this season, 20 goals, 20 assists, and was no, easily man. one of the best Good players in the him. world this year. Good for him, man. But hold on, let, let me go pack my bag, man. Let me go pack my bag. Where are you headed out to Madrid yeah get my 10 day contract going real quick show these like basketball show these guys how I do this real fast no man I thought it was He's a bizarre. Be in Ibiza, guys go see him what yo man you can catch me there oh apologize for for the finger cracking I just took that in but um listen man listen yo I thought it was bizarre but anyways props to Madrid chin up to Madrid.
0: Liverpool Ala Madrid y nada más. yeah whatever nigga.
1: Whatever bro. <laughs> Hello, bro. Madrid, nada más. <laughs> whatever bro i'm not with any of that man i'm not gonna support it i'm not gonna support it but i can respect it so by the way guys that's my i think
0: answer won the champions league that's all i'm about to say so you know my my agenda will run it run! will continue to run on twitter make sure you guys follow me on steve at steve talks Footy. i've been running my agenda all for the last 48 hours the last 72 hours We're running the agenda like there's no tomorrow my favorite player, Eden, has now won the Champions League. They oh, won the man. League. He's won you see, you're part of the He's problem. He's won the Premier League. He's won the uh, La Liga. He's won countless you players actually, of the matches. You are awards. the problem. You, How are we going to speak? out
1: of the problem, and you're the problem.
0: Oh, I love it, man. You guys know, and I know you guys are listening. I know a lot of you guys are listening. I love Eden just as much as I do. He is an absolute gem. He said it himself in that, you know, like post-match, in that little, you know, ceremony that parade. He will be back next season. You he heard it here first. That's how we're ending this episode he will come back for vengeance. Trust me, blood is in the water for Eden. You will see it. His ankle plates removed. Different breed
1: now. It's done for Eden Hazard. You heard it here first. That's cap. Thank you guys for listening
0: as always to the Steven Talk Soccer Podcast. You know, and I hope you guys love this beef that Nari and I have at the end of every episode. I definitely love the other episodes so go. Make sure make sure to go check those out. Make sure to STS. Make sure to tell me how you feel about the, the podcast. Share with everyone, you know. Download, follow, subscribe, all of that stuff. You'll see it all in the links in the description, yeah. including L- Nari's links. So I don't really want. I don't. I don't really want to guess. Let me. It right
1: let on. me. Let me do it, bro. Shut up. Let me do it. Yo, guy's guy's this guy's hating like, This guy's. Let, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. This <coughs> guy's hating You're boo boo boo. Let me do it. Bro, This guy can't even breathe, bro. Save your breath. Listen. <laughs> 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 you don't know shut your. <laughs> no, listen, listen, guys. Follow, follow me on TikTok at Not Nari with a K. K. N. O. T. Nari. N-A-R-O-I. Follow me on Instagram as well. Same thing. Same handle. I got a lot of stuff on the horizon. A lot of stuff in the works. Everything music related is what I do and more. Artwork, artistry, all that goodness, man. Bro, Bro, this guy. Somebody get this man an, an inhaler real quick. Listen, man. Appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you guys share this. Run it up, man. Let us know your thoughts on our takes. By the way,
0: in the future, a visual will, will be coming. So you guys are looking for a visual of the podcast. It's coming soon. So.
1: Visual for the podcast is coming soon. When that, Cup, when that World Cup comes your own, visuals will be
0: around as well. Remember that.
1: All of that. All of that. All of that. All of that.
0: Yeah, man. You have anything else? No, I'm done. I just want to say that yo, you will walk alone tonight. So you guys Liverpool fans. You're walking alone. Remember that. Steven, now, Welcome right. to the SCS squad. Please come and pick up a jersey number. as I would say. Goodbye for now. Out. Hey everyone, are you enjoying the content? Please be sure to leave a rating and a review and to check out my other episodes. If you're looking for more Steven Talk Soccer content, you can find me at STS Pod on Instagram, at Steve O Talks on Twitter, and at Steven Talk Soccer on TikTok. Become a consistent starter in the STS squad.